With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm Kelly Boyer, James. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with that. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to episode one of Wrestling on the Rocks. That's right. The boys are back in town. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, I'm killing it today, dude. Today's a good day. It's me and the other half of the uh, uh, podcasting duo, the Ironics. What's up, guys? It's been a while. A whole week. Two weeks. Yeah, Kevlar, we've been gone for a while, and I'm under the weather. This is going to be a good day. <laughs> I got a Except new... I'm plenty of NyQuil. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got like this. Uh... Actually, I'll tell you right now. Let's start with a little what's in your glass. What are you drinking? What I'm drinking... There's a little bit of uh, the little Vicks uh, uh, tea, the honey lemon cough syrup drink uh, with uh, two shots of bourbon in there. It's sort of like a Vicks hot toddy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vicks toddy. Like yeah. A little toddy there. What do, you, what do you got? What are you drinking? I'm drinking some good old peach crown and sweet tea. Peach tea. Oh, shit. That's North Carolina sweet tea right there. It's, yeah. No. Very English day. We're drinking tea together. It's tea time. It is. We're having tea time for the the British. If uh, <laughs> if the good bad wrestle guys pop through, I doubt it. Oh shit! I didn't even open up the chat. They might even be in there. Let's see here. It's only episode one. Everyone, just relax, stay calm. Uh, if you are in the chat and have said anything in uh, said chat, um, give me a second. You're gonna have to reset it. I have to log in here on the rocks. Should I say my password out loud? No. Yeah. Probably will. Five, seven, seven, six. Yeah. Kevlar, rocks. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I have to prove that I'm a robot. for life. Yeah, for life. <laughs> all right, cool. Now, if you're in the chat and you said anything in uh, said chat, uh, say it again, because I have no idea what you said. Kev, for moments like this, I got us a new prop for the show. It is oh. a ray gun. This is going to be good for us. It's going to be real good. You're, you're a regular Gene Belcher now. Yeah, I'm like Gene Belcher now. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this off on my taxes, dude. I'm serious. That's a work expense. You only bought that so you could fart and blame it on the gun and producer lady won't get mad at you. Dude, I did that yesterday and she got pissed. <laughs> I did that. I said it was the gun, and she said, you're nowhere near the gun. I tried to say it was a malfunction. She agreed of a malfunction, but not the same malfunction. 
So malfunction in the junction. Yeah. So ironically enough, you're right on that one. Uh, let me see here. If you heard that echo there for a bit, I think uh, I think I fixed it. I just saw two audios coming in for you. So <clears throat> just in time in the chat. Cheers to the return of the dive bar and to the fart blaster. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> Just in time coming through. <laughs> this is, is going to be fine. Oh, wait. Hey, Kev, say something now. Oh, cool. I can't hear you, but I think they can. I'm going to switch this over now. How about that? Say something now, Kev. I'm still here. There you go. Cool. Guys, it's only episode one. Technical difficulties are bound to happen. Go ahead and have a drink. Technical difficulty, have a sip. I'll drink to that. No. Now, Kev, we have been gone for a while, so I don't remember all of, like, the news per se that's been going on. But I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like there was anything that stood out to me as, like, hey, this is news, news, specifically. But maybe it's because I've been kind of in a bubble away from the news right now as we were – I was doing a lot of traveling. We went to SmackDown Live last week. So if you're watching SmackDown on Friday, you saw me and Kevlar right behind Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah, I was going to do this, too. I'm holding up the – Pat McAfee pencil. Guys, this is legit the pencil that Pat McAfee had. Kev got it for him. You want to tell him, Kev? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he threw it at Corbin. Yeah. Corbin kind of just threw it to the side and landed in the ring steps. And Yeah, one of the crewmen were lucky enough to grab it for us. Yeah, it was awesome. So I gave it to Marsh. Yeah, because it was my birthday, so it makes sense. <laughs> Happy birthday, yeah. here's a pencil. Yeah, happy birthday. I got you a pencil. Maybe you can pass the test finally. Don't be honest. The pencil is long, and it's got very little erase marks. I think he just gets a new box of pencils every time. Probably. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Um, let me see. Just a little bummed it didn't, like, say anything. Yeah, it didn't... Uh, yeah, like, if it was... Because he's the type of dude who might make custom pencils. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Justin says we were laughing at you acting like a wacko. Oh, well, yeah. There was a, there was a moment or two they told me to stop. <laughs> so what we found out as we're behind McAfee and he's cutting his promo and I'm like pointing at him like this dude right here. This is the dude. After that segment, the guy next to me, if you notice, in the red shirt was like real up and big and doing crazy stuff. Uh, one of the stagehand guys came over and was Started talking to him, but kind of looked over at me, too, because, like, hey, I was probably towing the line there. Um, he goes, hey, it's cool to, like, laugh and clap and thumbs up, thumbs down, and they want you to be, you know, into the show. He's like, but you know who's watching back there? He's like, he is watching, and he doesn't like that. And I was like, <laughs> he doesn't like the audience to be over-exaggerated in those kinds of shots because it's distracting, and it makes sense. It's a TV show. But... Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's why after that, I uh, had a Vince McMahon shirt on. I was trying to win him back over. If you notice, I went between SmackDown ref shirt and Vince McMahon shirt. I thought if I could win him over, you know. I mean, we tried. We tried. tried to be nice. Yeah, I mean, I got the pencil, so you must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a good time. A, Go ahead. I wonder if there's ever been anyone that. Like, after each commercial break, they change their shirt. Dude, I thought about that. 10, 15 shirts. (laughs) I definitely brought that up once. Uh, As we were getting ready to do the SmackDown show and the Tucson show when they came through, I told 
producer lady that I was considering bringing a shirt for everyone I had on that on that particular roster and switching in and out for every segment depending on who was on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think it would be I've crazy, do but doable. Uh, I've seen people do that at baseball games. Really? They're like, yeah, they'll change the jersey depending on which team's batting. That's funny. Mm. I can see that. Uh, let's see. I see Shakes in there, but I don't hear him. So, there you go. You can hear me. I can hear you now. Much like, uh, much like Sprint. <laughs> is it is it well? Is it good? Do I have to start my? I think you're good. Okay. I think you're good, Kev. What is, how does it sound like to you guys? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's only episode one, guys. We'll figure it out. <laughs> hey man, I'm with the famous Ironics, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Legendary podcasting duo, Ironics. First time, man. First. Don't time. encourage him. Yeah. <laughs> I like it though. I like it. You know, real quick. You know, mm-hmm. when uh, when they was doing that iconics thing, I, I did not like it at all. I, mm. uh, I think Marsh probably knows me by now that some of those type of things I, I find corny and cheesy. So when mm-hmm. they were doing it, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. But what I would say with it is, it's memorable because I still mm-hmm. remember it, and now. I get to watch y'all uh, imitate it, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a good point. Because think about it. If if in the future they were to make a return, as much as we didn't like the the Iconics as a, an act in and of itself, if we're sitting there in a Royal Rumble hits and we hear, like, Iconics, we'd probably pop and go, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who this is. I know what we're about to see, and I haven't seen it in a long time. That's a really good point. Like, sometimes it's a – it doesn't matter how goofy you are as long as you're memorable. Yeah, if it's yeah. bad, but it gets yeah. ingrained in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I could see that for sure. Let's see, let's see. It's like bright as hell. Yeah, you're lit up today. Sometimes you're just like in the in the shadows, but today you're lit up. Oh my god. I like it though because it's got your necklace like really shimmying, like sparkling. Uh, But it's all good. Uh, We were just talking a little bit about uh, SmackDown shakes. We were there. We were live. I don't know if you were watching the show, but me and Kevlar were right behind Pat McAfee. And now I think about it, we messed up, man. We should have both been wearing the ironic shirts instead of the SmackDown shirt and the Drinking Buddy shirt. We should have been representing the the duo. That would have been memorable. We were just speaking about that. Yeah, <laughs> people would have looked it up. They said, "What is this ironics business?" Well, what is this ironics? <laughs> would have been a would have been a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Could have been trending. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Producer lady slipped me a note oh, yeah. that's com- incredibly vague. Just for the record, Team WES. <laughs> Anybody know what WES is? I have no idea, but apparently they're not doing a show. It's a screenshot of – I have no idea what's going on. Hey, if anybody else has, like, vague tweets or or messages, and you slide that into the chat, we'll read it. It could be vague. <laughs> well, I guess it's something Nia Jax is a part of. What the fuck are we – like, I'm live. 
Whatever. I'll figure it out later. Oh, wait, they had to cancel something with Nia Jax? Oh. Uh, Oh, she was supposed to be on a show, and she's not going to be on the show. Uh, she was saying she was never paid or supposed to go, um, and they're just misleading. And they're saying she was paid in full, which theoretically, if you weren't going to pay somebody at all and you don't pay them, you've paid them in full, right? So it still checks out to me. That's exactly how much I would have paid her in full for as an appearance or a meet and greet, realistically. I mean... You're not off. Yeah. Um, Xbox joining in, calling them liars, so I don't know what to make of it. Ah, Xbox saying they're also liars. Well, you put a J. He didn't say it. Yeah, he has Pinocchio. He has Pinocchio. I'm glad we're doing this live on the show. We didn't prep this at all prior, so this good. No, point now. We can't skip it now. We're already in it. (laughs) It's live news. Breaking news. Live breaking news. <laughs> Guess what we just broke wind on? Here, here, we caught wind of breaking news. Sorry. It's our new news segment. I have a fart gun now, Shakes. Like You'll be it. happy to know. I like it. <laughs> Memorable. Seems to be the word. Yeah. He's like, like I said, it doesn't have to be good to be memorable. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we've been gone for two weeks a lot's been going on a lot of build up to money in the bank a lot of actual money in the bank a lot of banked been moneyed i think it was a really good build to money in the bank i know i was saying this before let's talk about the big win let's not like put it off and talk about it when we get to it we'll kind of um we'll start hot and peter off towards the end like i like to do most things you know what i mean so instead of building to a crescendo, we're going to just dive right off. We've talked. <laughs> oh, just in time is a great idea. Call the new segment Full of Ish. Yeah, as we cover dirt sheet stuff, Full of Ish, breaking. Um, we were talking a lot about Liv Morgan being a favorite, people wanting Liv Morgan to win. And I have been saying for a while how much I want, I wanted Liv Morgan to be screwed out of her title a couple more times. And only six more months, right? We're not six more months, I guess, realistically. It'd be another four on top of that. It's talking about ten months, so almost a year. So I'm saying basically one more year of screwing her over, making it look like she's lesser than in the eyes of the of the, the office, as it were, and get her to be the female Daniel Bryan. I think she was so close to that anyways. The crowd absolutely loves her, and for good reason. And I have no issue with any of that, obviously. Like, I think she's fantastic. But I was saying if you, you know, screw over enough, by the time you get her to Mania for a title, you could blow the roof off the place, you know? <clears throat> that in mind, we're no longer there anymore. She wins the money in the bank. Someone pointed out, you know, tell me you noticed it too, when Liv was coming out, she was kind of crying. She was trying not to cry, but she was kind of crying. And someone's like, oh, I knew right then she was going to win. But they said, but it also didn't take away from the moment when she won. So I went back and rewatched it, and you could definitely see it. And it's really cool. It's actually really nice. Like, when you rewatch it, it's really cool to see her that emotional about it. Like, I kinda, oh, Go ahead, Jake. I kind of seen it. I'm sorry to cut you off. But, um, go ahead. I kind of noticed it um, when I was watching it the first time. Uh, it made me think about that. Like, you know what? 
deserved to win this money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can see that being the case. Um, she come, she came so close, right? Yeah. Like she just kept coming close, close, and she could never uh, win and just, just get over the hump. So this would, you know, her winning the money in the bank. I thought that she would carry that, that mantra a little bit more, though, you know, um, Mrs. Money in the Bank and all that. That would have been memorable. But, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like uh, the way she did it, though, you know, it was it was Seth Rollins kind of ish but even more like um what was uh damn, I, one of the four horsewomen um I, I can't remember her name right now it, it's, it's slipping my mind what charlotte? Not charlotte not sasha not not becky what's that talking about bailey you forgot about oh, bailey? bailey there you go there we go yeah <laughs> i'm gonna bailey. disconnect his ass right now my mind. hey click out of sight out of mind man out of sight out of mind i can't wait to see her though but Yes, barely, right? Like when Bailey um cashed in the money in the bank, it was immediately, and so she did it in that form. So it was great to see. It was a great yes. um moment for Liv. Um, Liv yeah. in Liv in the bank, they calling it or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. The only thing, like I, I'm the same way. I didn't uh, see her crying to, uh, to come out, but I I would have liked the build up to be a little more like Marsh was saying. You know, just getting so close but not getting there. The payoff would be bigger. And I just didn't like that. It seems like the women always cash in that night. They're very impatient. Yep. So yep. I think it was only Carmella that held it for more than 24 hours, right? Carmella is the only one who's ever held it for longer than 24 hours. But there's something that's happening here with the women's money in the bank. So let's talk about that, too. Um, so like I was saying, I do think that you could build a crescendo to, to live that would blow an entire stadium out because the fervor behind her was such that it would never die out. She, she is the female Dana Bryan in a lot of ways because of that. Uh, I've seen a lot of, I've saw a lot of people complaining about the idea of the women cash in every, every time, but what we, what we are seeing almost always is a babyface win for the Money in the Bank on the women's side. Uh, mm. The only exception, I think, being uh, Alexa Bliss, who who really was what her design was, was to screw Ronda out of the title to give Ronda a, kind of a different kind of springboard into her championship run. She was Alexa was almost transitional in the build of Ronda. But outside of that, you're right, it's only been babyfaces. Uh, baby faces uh, traditionally with the money bank either call their shots or or try to do it in a noble way, right? It's really tough to be a baby face with the money in the bank because it's inherently an asshole move, right? I'm going to take advantage of you. There's no way around it. You're kind of an asshole unless unless like how John Cena did the one time. I'll see you at the pay per view in two months, uh, or Braun Strowman. I'll see you at the pay per view. And it always lines a little flat when they do it that way too. So there's like this balance of of being predictable, being a good guy, taking advantage of the opportunity versus taking advantage of a weaker person. You know, uh, let me see in the chat real quick. If the whole thing about oh no, I'll go back to that. Liv was the bump was on the bump, and they asked what makes her a different champ, different than Charlotte or Ronda. She replied, "The people want me to be champ." 
which is so big. That's what I was gonna say is that as much as I wanted the build towards Mania, this moment was still so special. This feels on par with the Bailey win. Go ahead, Chase. No, you can tell that it was special by the reaction of the fans. Yes. Came down. It was a big pop, right? Yep. And, and of course, that's expected, but you probably wouldn't get that if he would have did the John Cena, like you said. So, you know, you wouldn't get that type of a roll and pop. So that was where. But what my point was, when Ronda then uh, turned around and had her in the ankle lock. Yep. And, and then it slipped. Yep. And she still. Yeah was laying there for her to go ahead and pick it back up. That that was what I was laughing at. But mm-hmm. um she she got her in a ankle lock again and then you can hear some of the boos like boo Yeah. And then no, once no, no. you know she kicked out yeah, she kicked out of it and, and then, you know, she did a thing and it was just a big old pop. So yeah. It, it's a mm-hmm. it's a better reaction when you do it that way. But go ahead yeah. sorry, yeah. No, you're good. The thing that with that is uh, I think they just wanted to cast a little bit of doubt, obviously. Yes. You know, because yeah. if, if Ronda didn't drop her leg, you know, and make it look all stupid like that, you know, it would have been, you know, it would have been better if, because uh, it would have casted the doubt. Sorry, this is my train of thought here. No. It would, you know, you're doubting that Liv's actually going to cash in, Ronda's going to yeah. keep the idol and stuff like that. Yeah. And, then all of a sudden, you know, she gets out. So I think that helped with the with the pop as well. And I even think with the slipping of the foot, it helped too. Because I think that the idea is like, Rhino's got it on. Oh, God, no. We're not going to get this moment, right? And then she drops the mm-hmm. foot and you're all like, oh, great. Liv's getting out of it. But she doesn't. And then she locks it back in the second time. You're all like, oh, that's it. We're double fucked. There's no way now. She waited because she knows she's supposed to tap out on the ankle lock. Like it fed into the smart mark mentality of oh shit and then when when Liv turned it around it was you know oh shit here we go as the infamous bishop used to say I think that that with as special as a Wrestlemania win could have been I don't think that this was any less of a shine and what I think is interesting the amount of people who are saying that women cashing in the same night or next night like Kev said they seem really impatient they've also got a smaller window of years We've got like what six years since they've been doing it. Uh, it's off the top of my head. I didn't look at anything. I don't remember, but I think I've seen about six winners. Uh, and Carmella counts twice, so who knows? Uh, I think that with a smaller window, people are looking at it with the same scope as they look at the men's. Right? We've seen CM Punk win it. We've seen Daniel Bryan win it. We saw people. We saw Sheamus win it. We saw people win it, like Dolph Ziggler and Edge, where they were on the cusp of something greater, but just weren't quite there, and were kind of uh, under the thumb, kind of a deal. But we've also seen Brock Lesnar win it. We've seen John Cena win it. We've seen people who had no business needing to win it, win it. Right? Miz has won it twice. Uh, oh wait, no, he didn't. He won it once and then stole it from Otis. What a dick. Yeah. Boo! <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is that I think we look at it in, in a different scope uh, than we should. So, uh, And I apologize with my sick brine, brain and rum in me. I'm also on the same boat as as Kevlar over there is uh, getting a little scatterbrained. But if I, can, if I can harness this train of thought into 
people are thinking of the win and the cash in as a story. They're not thinking of the character as a story. And they're missing the point. I saw a lot of people saying there's no story when someone wins and cashes it in. Except for if a babyface wins and they've been the underdog, they're already on their toes. Their adrenaline's already up. Just from like a kayfabe perspective, their adrenaline's up. They're, they have it in their hands. I could do this whenever I want. They're watching every move the champion makes because I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then, oh my god, this is my moment I'm going to, right? From a kayfabe stance. It's an underdog who's never been given the opportunity. Now the opportunity's in their hands. Same night makes sense in that regard. What we're neglecting when we say there's no story between the same night cash-in is Liv Morgan's been in this company like six or seven years. She was the only live once in NXT and had like three matches on NXT TV. They never even put her on TV much. Then she started getting together with Ruby Riot towards the end of her NXT run. Or no, not even at that. She popped up in Riot Squad and that was the first time we saw them together. Riot Squad came out of nowhere. But you have Riot Squad live who was the juvenile delinquent of the Riot Squad of the WWE. Ruby was the favorite. On commentary, Ruby's going to be the uh, women's champion one day, mark my words. Liv Morgan, WWE's juvenile delinquent, she's dismissed in it. You know what I mean? Like People didn't even, even realize that Sarah, Sarah uh, Logan at the time, they said, oh, she, she, what she does may not be pretty, but it's highly effective. She's she's a force. Don't don't get me wrong. And then when Liv would come in, it's here's the juvenile delinquent of WWE. She's yeah. been an underdog from the beginning, even in her own group that was trying to help her. She breaks away, gets back in. She's trying to find herself. She does that weird thing with the bathtub. She cuts that awful weird promo where she's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to like, I don't know, figure it out, I guess, maybe. I don't know. And you're like, what the fuck is this? We've been watching the growth of Liv Morgan this whole way. We saw Charlotte Flair just beat the shit out of Liv. And then Liv getting on the mic and saying, when I come back, you're going to see the real me. When she came back as the real me, the real me had no idea who the fuck she was. She goes, now that I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing. It was incredible to watch this almost this beautiful disaster, right? You take all those years into finally getting the groundswell behind her, having good matches, bad matches, to this moment. And don't negate this moment was anything less than six years of hard work and getting the crowd on her side. You know what I mean? Fabchina in the chat, she was also beat the hell out of by Brie Bella. She got knocked the fuck out, dude. <laughs> Took a stiff one to the mouth. A la clump. But... <laughs> but what I'm saying is this moment was not lesser than it would have been at Mania necessarily because at this point... How much of that, of that, as they say, riding the edge of a lightning bolt can you do? The crowd was behind her. They were at a fever pitch. Like you said, Shakes, that was one of the biggest pops of the night, her, her winning. Yep. Yep. And then it was only topped by her winning again. That's what people wanted. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm able to admit when I'm not 100% wrong, but I'm definitely not wrong on this one. Uh, it still would have been great at Mania. Night. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but like oh, even yeah. the next night, and um, not to jump too much ahead, but the next night when she was mm-hmm. doing her opening and the promo, yeah, you know, usually when um they they get to that you deserve it chant, they lead up to that, the, the, yeah. the wrestler lead up to that. She ain't need no lead up to it. Like soon no. as she start, 
talking on the mic, they were like, you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it. The crowd was waiting to love on her. She did. Yeah. Yeah. She deserved it. The crowd was anxiously awaiting her to tell her how much they cared. Like, it was awesome. So, yeah. I I think that anyone who's trying to discount a same-night cash-in in this particular instance, I will say that me and Kev, I think, are on the same page. Love to see a longer money in the bank holder. Yeah. This one didn't have to be it. No. I'm just saying in general. Yes. When you, when you look at the whole picture, like and when women. You talk about the females, right? Yes. Yeah. But um, uh, I'm kind of dreadful to talk about the men. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Kev, what were you? What were you saying? No, just that I was talking like on the whole picture of all the women money in the bank winners. Like, I think there's only been one that held it, like I said, for more than 24 hours and. I just want more, yeah, I just want more, like, a longer, uh, yeah, like, tenure with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you can do a lot of great shit with it. Mm-hmm. Look at Brock in the bank. Was Brock was a say, bad guy and called his shot. But he also, Brock winning money in the bank was one of those, if you if you pay attention to the the idiocy of the IWC, which is who we represent truly as the dive bar of the IWC. We are nothing less than the idiocy of it all. Um, uh, sorry, I just got a thing, a comment we'll, we'll, we'll read here, but it made me think. So <clears throat> as we talk about the uh, absolute idiocy of the IWC, which is what we truly represent here as drunks on YouTube, uh, when Brock won the money in the bank, it was almost the final straw. Fuck this guy. He fucked over Mustafa Ali for the last goddamn time. That was supposed to be his big comeback after he got fucked over from the Elimination Chamber. Kofi Mania was really the rug being pulled out from under Ali. You remember? I was all there. And it was kind of like Brock wasn't even in the match. Ali's on top about to win it. He comes out, takes it. Who the fuck is this guy? He doesn't need it. Brock literally shows up. Once every four or five months and says, uh, I'll take that title. And they say, uh, yes, sir, please have another. You know, people were pissed. But then yeah. Brock goes out there, Brock party, starts dancing with it, starts fighting with Paul Heyman about how the contract even works. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that was the beginning of the babyface turn of Brock Lesnar, mark my words. That was the moment people said, oh, my God, I love Brock Lesnar. And every moment before that, they didn't. This was the moment we got to see, quote, quote, for the first time, we're finally seeing some personality from Brock Lesnar. I don't think that's the case. I just think you're finally seeing the aspect of his personality that he wanted you to see in the time that he wanted you to see it because he wanted you to want to see it. I think Brock is an absolute brilliant performer and businessman. But where's my Pat McAfee pencil for that one? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I don't remember the second part of that. Shake's thoughts? <laughs> uh, Just Time says, the Money in the Bank match uh, Brock won is legit the best and worst at the same time. 100%. And I think that that's when we start to like split hairs about, oh, could they have done more? Could they have done less? Something else. Uh, Bishop in the in the chat from old uh, TW Takes uh, podcast. Um, retired but not forgotten. I got my uh, TW Takes Cheers coaster right here cheers to you this one's wine stained because i've been using it for my D nights and i love it 
uh, he says, uh, I thought the women's money in the bank match was the best AEW match I've ever seen. Uh, upon clarification, he was seeing that a lot of people were saying that that women's ladder match sucked. And I want to get you guys op- uh, opinions on that because this is also a secondary thing. Shotzi Blackheart, uh, deactivated her Twitter because after she had botched a move, they said that, uh, she got a lot of shit online. She said that she was even laughing in the back saying, well, I guess that's going to show up on Botchamania, but was feeling overall good about the show because at the end of the day, the three most important things about being in a wrestling match is did anyone get hurt? Did everyone have fun? And did people care? And she felt like they checked all those boxes, right? Uh, not that someone should be hurt. As long as nobody was hurt, that's a checkbox. <laughs> did I break someone's leg? Good. Check. Uh, he said that uh, people say women's ladder match sucked. I compared it to an AEW match and thought it was the best of one of those. Uh, realistically, yeah, it's better than, than than a lot of – I I mean we don't have to say we like something by saying that something else sucks. So uh, I don't think I'll dive so much into that particular narrative so much as I understand where he's coming from and I get it. I rewatched that match today specifically because of Shotzi. I want to know what you guys thought of it because I've been talking for a long time and then I'll be able to say what I felt when I rewatched and saw and, and focused on Shotzi. I'm going to start with Kevlar and we'll go to Shakes. Uh, Kevlar, what did you think of the women's Money in the Mac uh, match as you saw it live? I don't think you've rewatched it, right? No, I've only watched it once. Um, I thought it was good. I mean, just like anything else, you, you know, we've seen years and years of ladder matches. Yeah, you know, and with men, so that almost becomes the standard, and anything below that, I mm. think people, you know, oh, this sucks. But when yeah. you watch it, you know, like I didn't have any complaints. I saw a botch here and there, but that's what happens when you have six people in ladders. It's gonna happen. That's ultimately how I felt about it, and I'm gonna hear from Shakes. But ultimately, when I rewatched it, I felt like that Shotzi's botches was just clunky behavior with a ladder and not it didn't look like it wasn't like where you see someone sell something where someone's nowhere near it was like god damn ladders are hard to move man hitting this ladder fucking hurts like it was a whole lot of mess that looked like you'd imagine a fight that involved ladders would be in real life it looked less choreographed than any other match because it was messy in that way. And I think that these these tabers, ladders, chairs matches need to look less choreographed to be more believable. And I felt that Shotzi brought a lot of that there. You could tell she was trying. She was going for this and that. Anytime she slipped or whatnot, she recovered. And the other person didn't look way off because they were also selling being hit by a goddamn weapon. Like, I thought it actually was fantastic the way that it was. I felt like all the, quote, botches made it more believable. Because it was like, man, this is a tough match. This is hard. You know what I mean? And other times you see ladder matches, you go, oh, how beautiful it is that they do these flips and these orders. Like, I've never felt as about as about what I'm, what I'm about to say contradicts what I just said about uh, of not comparing two things. I've never felt in a single Young Bucks ladder match what I felt in this match, which was, man, this is tough on these guys. In Young Bucks matches, they're too pretty. They're so pretty. They're very talented at what they do. And it looks that way. And it looks seamless. And you go, I think I could flip off of one of those. It looks pretty nice and cush, right? This looked brutal. And it looked tough. And Shotzi had blood on her face but hit the back of her head. I don't know what happened. Shakes, what did you think of this whole thing? I think 
what what you're um, alluding to is is a is a crazy zone that I don't know if it's easy to really get into that zone. And what I mean by that is like you're saying that there were accidents mm. that happened that made it look like reality. Mm. It didn't it wasn't accidents that was happening that made it look sloppy where you were like, Oh my gosh, what are they doing in this mess? This is horrible. No, it was it was uh mess ups that you would say, you know what, if I was in that match I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Right? It yeah. was reality mess ups. Yeah. It was like human error mess ups. It wasn't yes. like um sloppy and then what you were saying about the young bucks and that aspect of you know, it wasn't so perfect. It wasn't so like, oh my gosh, that was it was scripted. It was supposed to oh, he laid on that table. Oh, he's supposed to get swan tongue bombed on that moment. It was supposed to look that pretty. It wasn't that um and what you're saying. So yeah, it was a it was a it was a zone that they that they were in that I don't think a lot of people can actually or a lot of wrestlers can actually get into. Not so, on purpose. Um, for yeah. me, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's something that you can't do on purpose and you can't do on accident really like um yeah you know what i mean it's just it's just something natural that that uh, that they were going through so and that's brilliant too um, yeah it's the idea of like yeah. the recovery i've made a mistake but what do i do next and the recovery exactly. is what's going to do that so yeah. yeah keep going keep yeah. going yeah so yeah um that 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 was what's beautiful about the match and yes i think that match was better than the uh men's match uh, i was very entertained in that match um, I seen a lot of things that I was like, ooh, especially for women, like for mm-hmm. women to take these bumps. I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, as yeah. a man, I'm I'm like, ouch. So I can only imagine as a woman, you know. So yeah, That's I was very point. entertained. There were more moments in that match where I went, oh fuck, <laughs> than uh, than right. almost any match that night. There were other times I saw a lot of stuff, especially in the men's match, where I went, nice, well done, you know. Because we're we're smart idiots, we know what's going on and how to do it. Um, <laughs> but watching the women's one, there was a lot of a lot. They they did a lot, man. They did a lot. Uh, in the chat, we have uh, Taekwon Mills saying hello. Not familiar with him, but cheers to you. What's in your glass, Taekwon? Cheers. He's, just, he's laughing at smart idiots. That's us, dude. We're the smartest <laughs> idiots on the internet. Get up. Get on our level. Get this stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have a lot else to say about the the women's match specifically. I'm very happy Liv won. I do think because you're always partial to your own bookings and your own fantasy bookings. I do think you did have that moment where you could have had Becky screw out Liv. And you could have built to like a Becky live at Mania moment. I don't know if Becky needs to keep going to Mania to lose, but you could have had a, a live winning in the in the Mania after Becky screwed her out of so much because Becky screwed her in the fucking back and forth they had before. Remember they had the live girl and the Becky girl going back and forth. You you had a moment where you could have uh, you could have escalated to that that Daniel Bryan level, like I said for Mania. But at the same time. I only say that to say that it's because I'm the smartest stupid guy. 
No, I'm only saying that because like I think that the moment was there, and that's what I was on the edge for. I was like, "Are we doing it? Are we doing it?" When they cashed in on on Live and said all our chips are on Live, it didn't deflate me. And I think that's an important bit. Sometimes your fantasy booking is so good in your own mind that if you see anything else, it's not as good. This was all like, I would have gone the other way. This is a beautiful moment, and I don't think anyone should take that away. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's just the internet wrestling community as a whole. They always get upset when things don't happen their their way, and then mm. they call it garbage or last minute changes, and just fucking enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, just enjoy I'm it. And kinda, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, but go I ahead. I kind of want to see um, Liv versus um, damn, Bliss, Alexa Bliss. They had a match on Raw last I, week. That, that, but I want I want a war. Right, for I want a war. I want a war because look, like for one, right? I want Bliss to go back to evil Bliss, not not Bray Wyatt evil Bliss, but yeah. the conniving Bliss that she always turned on her friends. She was like the Kevin Owens of, of the females. Like she just every time she gets close to a friend, she turns on them every time. And I mm-hmm. I think that they got close. That they, they was looking like a good uh, tag team and all that. And I think, you know, she just, you know, congratulated yeah. and, then, and then sticks a knife in her back. <laughs> but they're right. on different brands now. Oh, man, I can't stand this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it because I'm confused on what, like, no, it's... for real. All right, so let me let me ask you real quick, just off, off note, right? I thought... Is is the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title on the same brand? Because I seen both of them on on Monday Night Raw the last. No, they're they're on different brands, but the last like seems like the last couple of months they've just kind of muddled everything together. They're just integrating everything, man. It's like I mean, what is what is the point? Yeah. Are you saying what's the point of the brand split at this point? Is that what you're asking? Did I miss a beat there? Kev, are you there? Do you hear me? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Is that what he was saying? What's the point of the brand split? Yeah, I think so. I saw a lot of people talk about that too. We can move over towards that. Um, sorry, I got a few messages here. Uh, Taekwon said, uh, at least you guys aren't, aren't believing Buff Bagwell's Twitter. That was real stupid. Dude, I don't, I don't know if people know this except for me and Kev, but Twitter's not real. <laughs> like, none of it is real. Uh, and then he goes, that's a good point about fantasy booking ruining expectations. Fantasy booking is what ruined theory winning for me. I wanted Seth to win, but I came around on theory winning. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, here's the other deal. Today, because we've been gone for two weeks, we are not going through every show and doing a full-on recap and review of everything that's going on like we like to do sometimes. This one is just strictly about the conversation of three drinking buddies. Although, Shakes, you having a drink tonight? No, two drinking buddies and a smoker. <laughs> and a smoker. You got... You're allowed to puff on camera. You don't have to black out for that if you don't want to. But... Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no difference. Also, Clump will have cigars on here sometimes. Uh, I'm not allowed to. Producer lady is I've mean to me. It. I've seen it. 
Yeah, you've seen it. I would, except uh, Producer Lady bullies me a lot, so I'm not allowed to. Um, but. That's life. Yeah, that's life, man. That's how it goes. Ebbs <laughs> <laughs> and flows, right? Uh, but, yeah, don't don't worry about that. No one, no, literally no judgment here. I used to work on uh, Xbox Podcast. Do you think I have a problem with any of that? Uh, but. Uh, we're just going to be talking about what, what we want to talk about today for a couple of hours, just a couple of friends hanging out, and that's the idea. That's what the dive bar of the IWC is, just a few people talking about wrestling, hopefully disagreeing enough uh, to make it interesting, but also being friends enough to know that it's cool. We'll just have another round, you know? Uh, but so that was another thing, too. People talking about the brand split. You know, you have Liv Morgan go on to oh. Raw, open up the second hour talking about we did it, we did it. You are in this with me, the super babyface promo. Uh, I even saw a friend of mine, uh, Jimmy Corderas, put on his uh, ref and rant. Check him out uh, at the Jimmy Corderas at, at, um, on Twitter. He didn't like that she came out on Raw because she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. You kind of deflated the moment when she shows up on SmackDown by putting her on Raw's SmackDown Champion. But... I thought that at first, and I was surprised to see her. However, as friend of the show Sam Roberts says, uh, I think that what was nice about it was this moment. It was Raw that got her to the top. She was floundering in SmackDown. She even was going out there saying SmackDown live and didn't show up for weeks and weeks and weeks. We even saw the Live Forever Chronicle uh, documentary about her that shows that she was supposed to debut... And literally, seconds before going out there, they said, never mind, it's been scrapped. And she looks at them and goes, no, are you serious? No. She's been struggling in SmackDown forever. She gets to Raw, and she's flourishing. She's having banger after banger. People keep saying how much better she's doing. I thought this was nice because it gave back to, theoretically, the fans that took her there, Right? They went back to Raw, back to the same stage, the fans of Raw, which, I mean, let's be honest, in a non-kayfabe sense, the same Chicago town for SmackDown or Raw has the same exact people in the seats. But, something about, well, this one's San Diego, so let me just say San Diego, because... Vegas and San Diego. Vegas and San Diego. But, like, for the San Diego crowd... Born, born in San Diego, so I'm going to talk about my hometown. If you have a, a Raw in San Diego, the same people are showing up if you have a SmackDown in San Diego. So it is the same fan base, but it isn't the same backdrop. And this was her giving thanks and giving the moment to that same backdrop that took her to the top. I won't forget you guys. You guys got me here. We're in this together. I'm going to have to go to Friday nights. You know what I mean? And so I appreciated that moment because of that. Uh, Taekwon says brand split exists in name only. Uh, go ahead, clump, uh, uh, Kev. Oh. No, I had a clump in my throat. That wasn't you. Was... <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh... Now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, if they geared that promo like that, like, hey, you know, more of a thank you and, like, you know, hey, you know, this, help, you know, Ra helped me out. Even saying, you know, quote unquote goodbye to her friends on Raw you know but I'm going to Smackdown you know I think it would have been cool and yeah I just want either 100% brand split or just fucking scrap it all together 
Before there was the wild card rule and stuff. <laughs> just getting so hard to keep track on who's actually where. Right. I think well, the. Well, my... Go ahead, Shakes. Oh, I want you. I want to hear you. Well, well, my thing. Um. When she uh did the promo, even though she didn't specifically do it the way y'all are saying she should have done it, but the fact that. Of course, they all do it, you know, that cheesy baby face thing. I kind of hate it, but I kind of understand. And especially in this situation, I understood. And she was like, you know, no, 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 we deserved it. You know, that she made that clear first. Like, no, no, we deserved it. You know what I'm saying? When, When they was saying that you deserved it, she said, no, we deserved it. So she was, uh, Paying that homage to them that, you know, y'all yeah. stuck with me to do this whole thing. And yeah. it's, it's our title. You know what I mean? It's our title. Y'all y'all the ones that got me to this uh to this point. So she yeah. she definitely did pay the homage that she um she should and sometimes oh, yeah. it, it comes off very, very cheesy in this moment I was like, Yeah, it, it was it was right. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I was, Go ahead. I was also going to wonder, you know, ask you guys, where do you think Ronda goes from here? Because now, you know, she's been cashed in on twice. Do you think this is the end of Ronda? No. I think she'd probably be gone for like a month and then come back in summer summer. So. And you probably won't see her for a few. Because, you know, I mean, it does look like she a uh, little banged up. And then, you know, she probably want to have a little mommy time. Once SummerSlam comes back, I think she probably come back and uh, do something. something. That's my assumption. All right. All right. I think, well, for one, uh, as long as Justin Time's still listening, if he's still hanging with us, having a drink, uh, I want to know specifically from you, Justin Time, you had mentioned before about about Ronda wanting to drop the title to live. So if you could expand on that a little bit in the chat so I can understand a little bit more clearly uh, what you had read because, uh, like I had mentioned before, we've been a little um, off radar uh, because of the the, the week as, as it stood. So uh, throw that in the chat if you're, if you're still around. Otherwise, I'm just going to speculate the way I normally would. My thought is that Rhonda does want time off or away. This wasn't her. This was not anywhere near what her her last run was like. This was this has not been received the same way. And I looked at it in a twofold way, maybe threefold. I don't know how many folds. We'll have to check. But her, if this was if this is how she kind of wanted to go out, if she wants to figure out how to how to go out, she had an, um, a fantastic match against uh, Natty. Natalia Neidhart is one of one of her trainers and closest friends. Like, why wouldn't she? That sounds amazing. Uh, for her to be able to put over Liv on the way up, fantastic. The only thing I would say that would make the ending of her career any different or more special to me, especially like you said with SummerSlam, if she were to cut some sort of that's it, I'm going promo and be interrupted by Becky... And have that one-on-one Becky, Ronda, SummerSlam, and that be her finale. 
and put over Becky on her way out. Because Becky's also on her way up, right? As we get to there, Becky finally beat Asuka. Becky's almost never beat Asuka. Asuka's Becky's greatest foil. That's what makes it so important when Asuka shows up and gets in Becky's face. Becky doesn't have Asuka's number. It's the other way around. And so it makes Asuka more important than um, Charlotte as far as feuds go. Because the Charlotte feud was all about how Charlotte was in Becky's way. But not how Becky didn't have Charlotte's number. Asuka's got Charlotte's number. Or, uh, Asuka's got Becky's number. So Becky's on the come up realistically. So for her to be able to get a win over Asuka, if she could get a solid win over Ronda, we could see Becky rebuilding her status and seeing uh, uh, where that ultimately goes. That's my thought on Ronda. I, I kind of like, I still got my hope for this heel turn, man. For this who? Heel turn by Ronda. Ronda Rousey. Mm. Since with the heel turn. Uh, beats up Liv Morgan at SummerSlam and she makes the group with Natalia and, and Baszler and, and, and they like the new heart foundation <laughs> that's what I see man I'm trying to tell you man this would be awesome I think it would be awesome but I think that there's uh... we've already gotten to a run where, where we've lost a lot of special on Ronda how much more special do you want to lose on Ronda? If she's part of a different faction, you know what I mean? She's just another face in the crowd. Does, do we want Ronda to blend in as much as she has been, or do we want her to be a marquee if name? If she's the leader, if she's the leader well, of this group, and she's like the bright heart of females, right? All right. Yeah, I was going to say her player in the... Just think about it. You know what I'm saying? Just think about it. Yeah, like man. Flair, Flair didn't you lose anything by being it, in the man. Horsemen. I'm telling you, man, it can work, man. And good. Look, look. Not only that, it will build up her character, right? But it will also minimize her workload, right? So she can be on the mommy mode. She can have a little mommy time sometimes, but yeah. still, you know, she she's a main than the main player. And yeah. No, I got you. I hear you. Twyquan's in the chat. He says, Ronda either returns I, later this year or Mania I, season. Go ahead. It is. WWE. Oh, Bruce Pritchard's a friend of the show. He listens all the time. There's no doubt about it. He's a drinking buddy for sure, through and through. That guy likes drinks. He likes wrestling. He's he's one of ours. Uh Taekwon also says, I speculate that we're getting one-on-one Becky and Ronda maybe next year Mania. I feel like they'll want to promote that as a Mania rematch. I could see that, but I don't think that the um, that the fervor is behind it anymore, and that's why I think you could you could do a SummerSlam and be done. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see a build of Ronda and Becky to any coming Mania feeling anywhere near as important as as fuck Becky and almost anyone else on the roster right now. To be honest, like you could do good stuff with it but i don't think it's a mania level match i think i think uh becky bailey becky live um if we get sasha or naomi back um either of them i think uh alexa i think any of them would be uh equal to or greater than build than uh becky ronda not that there's not enough on the table but um 
I just don't see it being as important on on the table as it stands to to need to be a mania. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> point. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, the men's match you wanted to talk about. I'm ready to talk about the men's match if you are. Oh, let me say this. As long as we're talking Becky anyways, let's talk a little bit about Becky on Raw. Becky finally beats Asuka and she even screams, I'm back, baby. Becky's story with Oscar. You say what? It was, smart. it was smart with the umbrella. So smart. Because you know, Oscar always catches her with that. Yes. So to be like, you know what? I'm gonna step ahead this time and have the umbrella to block it. It's just, it's just showing that the the growth and the development that she's having in the ring. You know, like okay, you know what I mean? You fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know what yeah. I mean? You can't give me a third time, man. Come on. Yeah. I I think that uh I mean Rumble twenty nineteen, Oscar won clean, no missed with a submission. I do think that there's a parallel of Oscar's character growth against Becky's character growth. Here's the thing that I think is the most fun about Oscar's character in relation to Becky specifically. Oscar's character continues to grow in more and more ways to thwart Becky. Oscar seems to have zero motivation to hate Becky, but loves beating her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is such a weird motivation for a character. She's got, like, none. She never seems to hate her. She makes fun of Becky when she's doing poorly. She celebrates Becky when she's doing well. And it's this weird, like, nanny-nanny-boo-boo kind of kind of character to Becky. So I think Becky getting that win was huge for the Becky character because she's... I can't think of a single time she beat Oscar. She may have once or twice, but... But it's not memorable. Yeah, and largely speaking, Oscar's the one who's going to beat, beat Becky. Where when you see Becky and Charlotte, it's pretty much shoe and Becky's going to win that match. You know what I mean? Okay. Becky's got Charlotte's number. Becky, Charlotte's in that place because, as far as kayfabe goes, Charlotte's in that place because of the powers of B. Charlotte Flair! Asuka's in that place because she just wants to bring Becky down. And Becky can't get over the Asuka, but can definitely get through Charlotte. So for me, it was really big. I think it was so big that people aren't even going to notice it. Her screaming, I'm back, baby, was character development literally happening on screen. And people are not going to notice that because I don't think they realize that as much as they think that Charlotte is Becky's greatest uh, adversary, truly the biggest issue she's ever had has been against Asuka. And if she's finally able to figure out Asuka, like you said, growing that way, it gives her something to go for. You got something I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off, Kevin. Go ahead. But it, it's just the um the monkey, like you know when you get that monkey off your back, and you know you don't really hate that thing. You you actually, in all in all, you respect it. Like yeah. for example, right? Like um I I played ball right, and when I was young, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um they were always uh somebody you know I was 
somebody that they always talk about where they talk about this other dude. You know what I'm saying? And like, oh, yeah, that guy's good too or whatever. So it was always an adversary, right? And so, you know, we, we'll go against each other and, you know, he dropped 25, I dropped 30. Well, he dropped 26 and I got to drop 27, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. always a uh, one-upsmanship. And I don't hate that guy. I actually respect him. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a bird in magic. You know what I'm saying? I actually respect that guy. And I actually want him to do good because it makes me want to do better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so and that's, each other. I think, yeah. And I think that's what Becky has with Oscar. She don't hate <laughs> her. She actually kind of respects her. But beating her is getting that monkey off her back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, you know, in all sports, there's just some teams or, you know, individual fighters, if you own UFC or whatever, that they're just a bad matchup. And they, for whatever reason, they can always beat the other person. And, you know, like Shake said, getting the monkey off the back, it's like, you know, finally she gets over on Asuka and, you know, it's on to the next. Like, all right. I finally, you know, conquered that. Right. You know, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I'm at the I'm at the top of my level now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think this victory was huge, huge for Becky, and I, I think that it's going under the radar. Uh, although Taekwon does say Becky beat Oscar at Rumble 2020, people forget they 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 had Rumble back to back. Uh, he did say he's feeling the faction idea since it would lighten the workload. Uh, if she's in a faction, that means she won't have to cut all the promos. Okay. Uh, and then he goes, uh, yeah. And then he goes, uh, speculate to get into, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, they did have those matches and, and Becky has beaten Asuka before, but it's so few and far between. Um, when even just, you know, recently, like, there's, like, Asuka just has been dominating Becky recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, you know, where they're at now and where they're at storyline-wise and all that, yeah, it's, you know, I'm back. And, and Becky's yeah. lost, what, quite a few in a row. Mm-hmm. She won yeah, one against Asuka. They had the get-into-the-match match. They had, like, two or three with Asuka. Asuka won the first one, then Becky won the second one. But this one, Asuka was pushed to use the mist, and she still won. And so I think that's a notable thing, too. I pushed Asuka to her limits and beat her. You know what I mean? Mm. Go ahead, Kev. No, you got it. Mm. So, yeah, it's not that they that she's never beat Asuka. She's beat Asuka, like, twice. <laughs> and Asuka's beat her, like, a dozen that's times. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But it's yeah. not memorable. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm... Uh, but I'm also saying not even just Oscar. Like Becky's been on. Oh, uh, yeah. Just like uh, if you look at it, like her ten, yeah, last ten matches, she's probably like eight and two. Yeah. Like yeah. it seems like she's lost a few, one one, and then yep. lost a few more, and. Yep. Right. Right. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, Oscar dominated the series. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. Well, then let's talk a little bit about the men's rumble, not rumble. Man, money, money in the bank, bank. dude. I love the Royal Rumble. Y'all hard, boy. I tell you. <laughs> um. 
so Adam Pierce announces at the very end he's going to make this an eight-man Money in the Bank. <laughs> Raises the stakes by putting Theory in after Theory lost. And what I thought was actually a fantastic match against Bobby Lashley. Yes. Too bad Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Dude, yeah, Bobby is what? so fucking over, dude. Yeah. that he has to have a belt with him. I think. I believe he has to have a belt. Now, my thing is, yeah, you put the belt on him, that's fine. But what they did was have Theory really push him to the limit that I ain't really see if a lot of people push Lashley to. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, all right. I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. But then I wasn't impressed by this next segment that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that money in the bank, man. That is trash, man. That whole thing was trash from the beginning to the end. You you come out and you're talking about, oh, it was an, another entry and it was an eight entry and it was him. Like, I mean, I, now, if it was an eight entry, that's fine. You know, even I was still like, oh, come on, man. With the eight, I'm like, okay, whatever. But if it was an eight, that had been somebody that was like would blow the roof off. That had been the Rock or or Cena or um, yeah or Cena. I, I would even accept the Cena, mm. and I don't like Cena. <laughs> but <laughs> that it had blew the roof off, man. It said, "Oh, Derry." I'm like, huh? Okay. You see, I think. Yeah, but that, that was all intentional. Like, you know, we just had the high uh, uh, live winning, you know, and everyone's excited and stuff like that. So then when Pierce comes out and says there's an eight, you know, everyone's okay. expecting a big return or, right. you know, somebody. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, it's Vince's protege, you know, theory, this and that, like, yeah, I think like I, I, I don't like it, but I think that's the whole point of it. <laughs> I get it. It, it. It's so horrible, and the, the 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 pushing of him is like, oh, he's like the evil John Cena. Like, oh my, like please stop. <laughs> like this is this is getting ridiculous, man. And he's just, he's like a spoiled kid, like that just gets his way. Like, oh, you lose a belt? Don't worry, son. Go out there and go but for it, the heavyweight uh, title. Like, wait, what, what is this? This is, wait, this is terrible. But do you know who exactly that's like? That, you know, without them being as transparent, which makes it, I think, to me funnier? Is it exactly like Charlotte? It's a Charlotte storyline, yeah. But they don't But they don't admit that it's Charlotte. Or yeah. that they are that, you know, geared towards Charlotte and whatnot and giving her favoritism so when they're doing it on purpose with theory it's funny. you know yeah i love it the thing the biggest thing i don't get is from smackdown how corbin won that battle royal and it meant nothing yeah that was the most confusing part of all of smackdown is what that battle royal was for even the main event well, the main event made sense. Someone was trying to get into the match. So why did you have a battle royal and then have a main event of a fatal four-way of people in the main event? It 
canceled it out. It's like, well, why did you even have the battle royal to begin with? Dude, I was so confused. What was the point of Corbin winning it? Like, if anyone else won it that was already in the thing, I'd been like, okay. Like, if Drew won it, I'm like, all right, you're building Drew up. He'll win money in the bank. And then, you know, theory happened. Like, I think that would have been 100 times better. But it's like, all right, Corbin won the Battle Royal, missed out on the the fatal four-way, and still didn't make the match. It was terrible. The whole thing is just horrible to me. I'm like, what is they doing with this shit? And then, for me, I think the perfect thing would have had, not Seth Rollins, but Sami Zayn win it. Because Mm -hmm. I think everybody wanted to see, what are you really going to do? Yeah, 100%. Are you really going to sit there and just lay and have that, that briefcase for a whole year? don't see that I don't see that at all I think the soon as you get a inkling that one <laughs> fucking spot that they both are knocked out and you and, and, and you like you got your opportunity to be the heavyweight champion come on we all know Sami Zayn was gonna do that he was yeah. gonna weasel his way in that and we wanted to see that I think yeah, we were robbed 100%. of that we were robbed of that man <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved to see yep. have Sammy, like, and even, like, cause, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the other thing that's kind of pissing me off, is the, you know, how how many times I keep mentioning it at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rock and Roman, like, it's a perfect time, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, I think if Sammy had it, and there was that time where both of them are knocked out, <laughs> and you see him, like, peeking, like, down the entryway, like... yeah. This should not like I think that would be do great. It? Should, wait, is it yeah. right, Tom? Yeah. Okay, I'm going, yeah. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm yeah. going. <laughs> and especially when he was in Money in the Bank, my sons hated it. But when he's like hiding behind the uh, turnbuckle, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's in the post and he's just hiding there, my son, my sons were like, "What is he doing? He's not even in it." Like they got so upset. I was like, "It's so great, so good." It's the funniest, man. Everybody else getting thrown around by Omar. He's hiding behind that. <laughs> it was amazing. Loved it. Yeah, but that's a good point. We were screwed out of what could have been an amazing Sami Zayn Money in the Bank title reign. And like like you said, have him like ringside where he's about to cash in when Brock Lesnar's winning, but then pulls it back and strips it away when Roman starts getting back over. Like yeah. he's trying to get the title off Brock but not Roman. Like – that would have been fucking it great. Been been <clears throat> yeah, that'd been hysterical. Um, yeah, I don't think ultimately I have an issue with Austin Theory with the Money in the Bank. I do think my my preferred would have been Sammy. I do think uh, Riddle would totally have made sense. I think Seth Rollins is an easy one. I think what we're gonna see is, I think this. Money in the Bank run is going to make or break Austin Theory. This is what's going to determine if if he's a long-term player or not. He's either going to fall on his face at some point here because of something, or he's going to win a lot of people over. That's how I feel about it. And I have no idea. I'm nobody. I'm a drunk on YouTube. So, uh, But that's, that's what I feel. Uh, Twyquan says, uh, I like face Bobby... 
Uh, I think Theory removed all drama from the match because to me it was obvious he was winning. They're not adding him to lose is how my mind went. I felt like that a lot too. I felt like, oh, Theory's definitely winning. They put him in last second. Yeah. But you had a lot of people in there who could have walked away easily and it wouldn't have hurt Theory, which was the only thing I hung on to. And then uh, Taekwondo does say, Theory is if Drew McIntyre as Vince's chosen one fully took off. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. But That's true. I think he's yeah, they, he's doing the job. Like he's getting enough people hating him, which is what he's supposed to do, right? Like Yeah, I heard a lot of people said they're so pissed that Theory won and I was all like, uh then mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, producer lady, you hey. know me. I love the heels. I love all heels, right? I can't stand theory. So you know, like, like, you are doing something, like, oh, my God, like, for me not to, like, like, oh, my gosh. That just means he's that good of a heel. He's He's the best heel in the roster. He's a bit, he's a bit extra. Best heel of all time in my book. He's a bit extra. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, see, the other thing that kind of pissed me off, too, was, so they had, you know, Theory obviously wins money in the bank and stuff like that. So I'm thinking the shit between Lashley and Theory is completely done. Mm. And then Monday comes around and they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. And I'm like, well, what the fuck's this for? Yeah. If Bobby loses, the U.S. champ looks weak. If Theory loses, the money in the bank champ looks weak. Yep. Welcome to WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think they put themselves in a corner with this one immediately, and I don't yeah. going. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where they're going. That's what I say. Uh, but well, I mean, we also don't know who else they're bringing in. I mean, they did just bring in Logan Paul, but we don't know who else is getting thrown in the mix down the line. What do you guys think about what's happening with Judgment Day? I feel like it's off topic, but not exactly off topic because I feel like that. That's a good, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you had the Mysterios come in and beat Judgment Day. Judgment Day with Finn Maller and Damien. Rhea wasn't Rhea. even there, was she? Yeah, she was part of it. She was there. Oh, she oh. Was, she's part of it. She wasn't there this week. Not this, not this, yeah. So you have, you have Finn Maller and Damien Priest, which should be. An absolute dominating tag team mm-hmm. catching fucking no breaks against dudes who've been getting their fucking assholes turned inside out by Shanky, or not Shanky, by Veer. Veer. Although he's another it, one that hasn't taken off the way that I think they were aiming for. But so. it was the, the matter of how they, they pulled the old yeah. or Eddie Guerrero, so. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, no problem no. with judgment they yeah. dropping that one. I think I, they did it right. And I'm sorry to cut you off. The only thing that I'm I'm pissed off at is that it's like they are fading away. Like they they're fading yes. off. Like they were mm-hmm. hot mm-hmm. and now yep. they're fading. That's, yep. that's yep. the only thing. Like what what they did this past, you know, that was great because it was in Mysterio's hometown. So they should have won, right? And um and to show that Dominic is getting better, which he is. Yeah. And um 
and then you know for him to win it in that faction to give a, a you know what I mean homage to Eddie Guerrero and that the lie cheat still win um, yep. that that was a great thing so to me the, the way it happened was great and then even after the match where they got beat up by Judgment Day like they yep. did right but yes. still, it seems like they've faded off, like, and I don't like that. Aspect. They've lost like the last two or three times we've seen. Ever since Finn Balor took over, they're losers. <laughs> oh. That's what sucks, and I'm just saying, like, that's what's happened. No, and that's the that's Aww. the truth. Yeah, and that sucks. Yeah, Finn Balor's like, we don't need the dead weight that is Aid Edge. Right. And but now, now, now that we're on top, lose. we're losing it all. <laughs> Yep. So I is think it, they did need that weight. They yeah, just, hold on. I feel like you made a mistake about the dead weight part. Right. Is there any possibility of the demon being the thing that makes them, I don't know, makes them bounce back? All right, so let me give you this one. How about... Oh, God. How about Here comes all idea. three of them show up as different variations of demon, <laughs> and we just have the judgment demons from here on out. <laughs> They're always weird face painted up. Crawling around, Rhea, Damien. I mean, I wouldn't hate the Judgment Demons. It sounds like a cool band. It's a good band. It's punk rock. Works. special and like I don't care if they eventually use it or each member uses it or you know a variation of it to get over something but for them just to come out like next Raw like that nah. yeah, they look like a kiss band mm-hmm. <laughs> a kiss cover band dude they did that in WCW do you remember the demon <laughs> They had a demon that was dressed up like like fucking Kiss. That's a great call. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's probably about right. And they all do slightly different demon makeup, but it's all large. It'll look like when CM Punk and Sting had the same face paint, but slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. Ridiculous. Um, I was wondering what you guys thought about that, but... I'm trying to think of uh, of other big notable things. I can start digging in. What do you guys think about Logan Paul being there? Unless there's something else I'm, I'm missing you guys wanted to hit on. Well, just real quick, finish up on Judgment Day. Like, they need, oh, to, they need something. They need something to happen dramatically or drastically and, you know, mm-hmm. quickly. Because, you know, like you guys did say, they're fading off fast. And I think they need to just go almost like what... Um, uh, what was the idiots, T-Bar and all them? Retribution. Uh, retribution. Like if, they just, if they just went in and started just beating up random people. Yep. They, they should. Fuck it, throw, throw them, beer like, in there. I bought this. T-Bar. T-Bar, whatever, man. 
Yeah. Know that Mace is a maximum male model. Let's talk that next, dude. So I'm good. into talking about that next. You love in? it. Marche loves it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am into Marseille. I am into Monsoir. <laughs> Marche is here for it. Yeah, and the crowd, when we were there live, and the crowd was booing. They the hated it. Out of all of it. I loved it. <laughs> Made me so happy. I want to know, because me and and Producer Lady and Kevlar were there live in the arena for the in-ring, debut. sort of, debut of Max Dupree. I want to know what Shakes thought. Shakes... Give me the shakedown on Max Dupree. <laughs> well, you know what, man? I've missed that segment, right? Oh, <laughs> no. I didn't watch that shit. Here's <laughs> the thing, though, right? Before I even watched Raw, I seen you tweeting it out about the models, right? So I was looking forward to it, and then I don't know how I even missed it. But, um... <laughs> To talk about him, though, I, like I said, man, I think he's like, um, the way he brings everything, I think it's like the Caucasian rock, right? I think he's like the white rock. And I love his delivery when he brings, you know, he just has it. You know, certain people have it, and like, yes. he has it. Yes. You know I mean, as far as on the mic and personality-wise, he just has it, so... I'm I'm impressed by him. I, I didn't like him at first. Like he did get on my nerves. Like, it was irritating, but like he grew on me. Um, when he was in NXT, like I I really started like I I hated him in uh TNA, right? NXT, yeah. 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 Mace goes by, oh, by Massey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mansoor was Mansois. Which is... And Marsh is now Marche. Okay. Marche. <laughs> I was just real happy to see those guys brought in the fold because we think they're both great, but for whatever reason, they've, they've been falling flat with every creative out try, like creative story they're trying to put together. Yes. Um, and we... we don't really understand why because they're just they're both great they're super athletic yep. like i don't i mean i think they're both good on the mic they both have great hair notably good hair like so like i'm <laughs> which is why i'm super great that i'm yeah, super excited that they have dupree like, because that's they have, they've got a great <laughs> dupree is a mouthpiece come on yeah. kev I know that you haven't seen a ton of the former Eli Drake. You saw none of the L.A. Knight run, I don't think. Maybe a match or two here and there. What did you think of the Max Male model uh, uh, Max Dupree presentation that you got to see live in the arena? Oh, it was terrible. That's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, dude. Did you hear that crap? What I'm looking at... Oh, yeah. What I'm looking at now is... You always... You always hear about, you know, people getting bad gimmicks and stuff like that. But the ones that actually do well at it. And I think that's who Max Dupree is. That he's doing well at a bad gimmick. Like, I think they're going to, you know, it's, it's showing his worth and 
what he will do after this because this isn't going to last too long. So basically, you're saying whatever he do is gold. Yeah. Yeah, he got the Midas touch. Yes. Yes, it's incredible. Here's the other thing. When LA Knight showed up in, into NXT, the NXT crowd was not having it. They're like, you're not one of ours. Especially because it was during the black and gold thing and really close to the transition of 2.0. They're like, you're not one of ours. You are just some sort of baby rock wannabe. You know what I mean? As much people call uh, Ricky Starks a baby rock because he looks similar if you look at Max Dupree or the former L.A. Knight or Eli Drake, he's got similar things, right? They were not having it. By the end of L.A. Knight's run, that last run he had was who was it, Dolph Ziggler? You gotta also think real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that reaction was a lot to do with, like, a lot of TNA guys were jumping shit at that time because mm. um, TNA was going down, it was going under. You know what I mean? Um, so that's when you got uh, Rude that came through. Um, Drew McIntyre came back. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe. So all these guys were starting to uh, migrate to NXT and then including him, right? So like you were saying, it was like you're a TNA guy. You're not one of us. You're a TNA guy. And yeah. uh, usually the TNA guys, they ain't stay that long. They stay, uh, they got the title maybe a month, and then they were gone. Uh, McIntyre, he went right back to the main roster. So, you know, um, I think that's why it was that, it was that reaction. Like, okay, you're not one of us. You're a TNA <laughs> guy, and you're yep. going to be gone by, by a drop, uh, drop of a diamond. We ain't going to really get to know who you are. But yes. instead, they did different. And they got, uh, we got to know who the hell he was, and I, he won me over. So, dude, the way he had, so I've seen him in NWA and 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 NXT. I didn't watch him in Impact, but watching him turn the crowd around was incredible in NXT. He went from him basically saying like "fuck you guys for not cheering for me" to having to lean into the fact that they were just cheering for him so much. It was amazing. That dude has has it on a high level. I think when people try to compare him to like The Rock and such in a shitty way, I think that they're neglecting the fact that you're comparing him because that charisma feeling is similar. Like he's got a high level charisma that is undeniable. And I can't wait to see what happens in a year. That dude they, I mean, it's so easy to hate him. Dude, one look at him and you're like, fuck that dude who's never yeah. struggled a day in his life. That dude was probably given a Mustang at birth. You know what I mean? It's his face, man. Yeah. It, dude, it's his face. It's his look, his demeanor. There was a guy, I work at a, a cigar shop once a week, and there was a dude who came in to sell something. He pulled up in a Maserati that was dirty as shit. And I made a joke about how fast his car was, and he goes, that's my everyday drive. It's not my nice car. And I was like, you can fucking leave now. You know what I mean? That's a Max Dupree shit. Like, boo you. Your Maserati is your everyday car. That's your ride-around-town car. Fuck off. <laughs> like, uh, I can't wait to see what happens in a year. <laughs> <laughs> have great lives, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, amazing. And uh, uh, Ty Kwan in the chat says uh, they made an official website for Maximum Male Models, which is true. I looked it up. I tweeted it out. It's incredible. MaximumMaleModels.com. Fucking fantastic. Uh, he also, Taekwon in the chat, does say that uh, Judgment Day is looking like Hot Topic Retribution based on this booking. Mm-hmm. I hate when they're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because the James Storm NXT run was like two weeks. Here's the real sad part about the James Storm NXT run was uh, the pandemic stopped him from getting the full contract. They were they were ready to sign him. He was in... He was he was done. They like signed him, and all they had to do was like stamp it. And basically, pandemic happened. They said, "Well, we're gonna run with what we got." And uh, he got he's he's the one talent I know specifically was screwed over by pandemic. Uh, that I don't know about other people, but specifically, he was supposed to have a run in NXT that got canceled because of pandemic, and that fucking sucks, dude. James Storm is so good. Oh, this is interesting. Just factoid real quick. It's been 72 days since male wrestlers main evented an episode of Raw. Hmm. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so the past several weeks has been the women's main event. So, notable. Notable and clappable because you motherfuckers want to time the queen of uh, the queen's crown tournament and say the women don't get the time they deserve. And I agree they could always have more time. But you same motherfuckers don't want to clap and say how many minutes they get when they get a half an hour. How many times they get a main event. Did anyone notice? Did anyone notice that Money in the Bank was 50-50 booking? You had the exact same number of women's matches as you had men's matches. No, because then the IWC complains that it's not their favorites. Well, I don't love this person. I'm not their stan. And it's like, come on, can we stop? We need like, to have progression one way or another. We need to celebrate <laughs> when they're doing it right. If we have the energy to shit on them when they do it wrong, then you have the energy to clap when they do it right. And the fucking Money in the Bank pay-per-view was 50-50, exact same number of women's matches as men's matches. For the past, it sounds like, four weeks, you have women's main eventing Raw. And those same people who were super fucking vocal... About a 10-minute overall Queen's Crown Tournament, which could have been done better by every means. This isn't to say they did it right. It's to say that they've done other things right since. If you can be so goddamn vocal about how they fucked up the Queen's Tournament, then get real fucking loud about all their main event women's matches, about their 50-50 booking with the women's and the men's. But it's real fucking chirpy over there with all the crickets around those fucking newsletters that want to be fucking edgy when it's real convenient for their clicks. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Sean Ross. Okay. All right. <laughs> not to mention any names. Not to, not to dr- drop any names. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's funny. We have mutual friends, and I even thought if I walked into a room having lunch, and they're like, hey, we're going to have lunch with a friend, and it was him, I fucking would leave. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well. Mark my words. You'll never find a picture of me and Sean Ross Sapp together. Okay. That's not ironic. If I did, it'll be funny. Okay. (laughs) Move on. We're just drunks on YouTube. We don't mean anything. We don't matter, and it's fine. Uh, Twyquan says, we got to shit on these AEW fans complaining about the women's booking but taking a piss break during their matches. That's I will give you there. Uh, he goes, I forgot the Queen's Tournament happened. Yeah, the Queen's Crown Tournament happened, and it was... The finale was great. It was done poorly to get there. 
I think that uh, Zelina did a lot of great shit with it, and I think she can still continue to do so. But moving on, what else hey, fucking happened this week? Right? Go ahead. Just, what do you got, Shakes? Just a random, just a random thought. Hit it. Um, we haven't heard nothing else about the on heart tournament winners. Nothing. They didn't celebrate them. They didn't give them a parade or nothing. They didn't give them a trophy. Not a pat on the back. Nothing. I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> They gave them the same belt that they gave Braun for winning the greatest Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they won the when Braun won the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, they gave him some green title that they never yeah. mentioned again. That's exactly what's happened with the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah. You're right. The Owen Hart tournament is the greatest Royal Rumble tournament. Same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rest in peace, Owen Hart. I can't believe they did that to you. <laughs> I can't believe they did that to you. Yeah, where's that hashtag? Owen deserves better. He do, right? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm a little bummed you didn't see the Max Dupree segment because I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and that dude gets fucking heat. Uh, he gets he gets mad heat. Uh, let's see. Logan Paul was signed by WWE. Yep. Yep. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Other than I thought, all right, I guess we'll see him in a couple more matches. I mean, he did great at Mania. We mentioned I'm just it. Say, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like if he, yeah, I, I think if he trains hard and you know, and it looks like he's been, you know, working with some wrestling trainers and stuff like that, I think it could be awesome. And plus, it's bringing a lot more eyes onto WWE again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. What the the picture that he put up where he was like, um, I'm coming for you, Miz. Like the highest. Uh... <laughs> Most oh, likes. yeah, most likely yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was guessing. Oh, okay, great. We're gonna see him on Raw. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's perfect. I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, you know, because he's WWE is all about promotion. He's mm-hmm. all about promotion, so yeah. it just works. And and it would been, you know. Oh, uh, what are they doing? If he didn't have any wrestling skills, like what he showed at WrestleMania, he was like, okay, yeah. I can see him doing this on the regular. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it was the same with Bad Bunny, you know. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? When they were saying he's gonna do it, I was it, actually I'm like, impressed by Bad Bunny. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I was too. Yeah, came from. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, when they announced that Bad Bunny was gonna do it, I was like, oh come on. This is dumb. And then I was like, all right, you know, he did what he did. And even same thing with Logan Paul when they first announced, you know, that he was going to be in WWE or, you know, he was just a special guest at the time. But actually, the, you know, when he had his WrestleMania match, I was like, all right, there's, you know, there's some talent behind there. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it at the time, it was kind of crazy that Logan Paul had such a good wrestling match. By the way, in my glass, I'm having a Broken Skull American Lager. So cheers to Woo! you. We're talking WrestleMania, might as well. 
but it is in my IPA uh, koozie, so don't be confused. Um, yeah, it was. We we talked about it at the time that it was like we were, as we were watching Logan Paul. I mean, uh, I know me and Beard and Amanda were in a, a live watching all the time. About halfway through the match, we said, "Holy shit! Has anyone else noticed this is just a fucking wrestling match? This isn't a celebrity match. It's just a wrestling match, and that's what makes it so special." So. Having him there, I think, is awesome. For whatever reason, most likely the reason being because I'm stupid, is that it didn't really hit me until you kind of said it the way you said it, Shakes. Logan Paul versus The Miz? We're talking reality star versus YouTube star. And somehow it's all happening in the middle of the WWE. You know what I mean? Like, The Miz is there because of the real world. And Logan's there because of YouTube. (laughs) That's true. You know what I mean? Like, this is a match made in heavy in so many ways. Promo. Yeah. Promo, yeah. promo, promo. It's like you, there's no one to cheer here, right? That's a good point. I don't like any of them. It's like Dominic Conglomerate versus Dominic Conglomerate. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not even on SmackDown, so I can't just root for commentary. No. I guess I'll root well, for Corey Graves yeah. on this one. Sometimes I'll just root for commentary to say good shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Corey's going to be my pick for this match. <laughs> Uh, this is a fun one. Twyquan uh, Mills. Um, does anybody know this guy? He's like blowing up our chat, and I love it. And I just don't know if he's come from one of our. I, I don't. I have know. no idea who this guy is. By the way. Uh, yeah, shout outs to our fucking new drinking buddy. So uh, yeah, have a drink with us, buddy. Uh, Miss Amanda Jane coming through, saying hi. Uh, uh, and then shakes. You'll be you'll be seeing Miss Amanda Jane tomorrow. I'm sure. Uh, he says, uh, Owen Hart tournament winners got title and trophy. At least Owen is going to be playable in AEW game whenever the hell that comes out. You can't give AEW props for putting Owen Hart in a game when his family has literally refused to allow him to be put in the games in the past. It's not that AEW is doing something that wasn't possible before. It's that his, that his wife is allowing them to use him to, um, yeah. I don't want to say extort. What's the other? What's the other word for uh, taking advantage of somebody's uh, legacy when it's not your own? I don't remember what it is. Extortion. Yeah, it's uh, it's what they say. The same thing they do to the little kid. You're taking advantage of somebody else and their tragedy for your own benefit. That's what's happening there. So don't give them props for that. But it is going to be fun to play Owen Hart against all of the old WWE legends that he may have been in the ring with at some point in the past because they only book the old ones. Anyways, but he does say favorite and least favorite celebrity match in wrestling. I think it's a good question. Uh, do you have a favorite and least favorite celebrity match, Kev? Um, kind of put on the spot here. We can come back to it. Did you try to sign Twitch? I mean... Mm-hmm. I think, truthfully, recently, I want to say it was probably either Bad Bunny or Logan Paul. Like, they actually, you know, performed and did well. Where most of the time you see a celebrity and it's like, you know, you can tell they're not there. Yeah. But they don't have any skills or, you Which know. one was mine? Yeah, what's yours? David Arquette. <laughs> As your favorite or least favorite? Yeah, no, it was my favorite because he looks so uncoordinated. It just looks so bad. Like, it just looks so bad, man. It was entertaining. Wait, which which Arquette match, though? Because Miss Amanda Jane brings up a good point. Her favorite is Arquette versus Gage. Yeah, the one with the, um, with the, 
the uh, three tier cages. Oh, okay, the Royal, the Ready to Rumble match that they did yeah, in WCW yeah, yeah. with Jarrett and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. a good one. And that's the one that he won the title, right? He, he won the title, yeah. He's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. yeah WCW <laughs> World Champion. That's a good one. David Arquette, <laughs> World <laughs> Champion. Dude, to be honest, I remember as a kid really loving Jay Leno and Carl Malone against Rodman and Hogan. And I had for so long, I kept my Jay Leno WCW card. They made a trading card of him. And because I'm a dumb person, I couldn't figure out how do you send that to the to the studio to have it signed and sent back, which you can do. But I kept trying to figure out how to do that and was just not smart enough to figure it out. Uh but I had it for so, so long. So I was like, a Jay Leno trading card with WCW on it is everything to me. Uh, yeah, I I mean, when I try to think of celebrities outside of that, because that was the first one for me as a kid that I was like, this is incredible. Other ones have just been fun to happen here and there. Uh, I mean, I like Chuck Norris giving Jeff Jarrett a kick to the fucking face. Uh, Taekwon says... Mr. T and, uh, Mr. Oh, yeah. T and Hulk Hogan. T, Mr. T and Roddy Piper, the boxing match was wild. There was just so many neat things they've done with celebrities, man. Uh, I just... Zeus. Yeah, Zeus. Zeus is badass. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Liston. I, did, I remember uh, Robocop Sting. Yeah. Now, a celebrity versus celebrity match, though. We've had Rock versus uh, uh, Cena. <laughs> I'm I'm think I don't gosh, I'm trying to remember. Um See, I who was was it? more of like actual entertaining match, not just yeah. for what it was. Yeah. Who was uh, it that uh cosplayed like Drew McIntyre for the holidays? Oh Drew McIntyre. Yeah, who who is it? It was uh it was, Santa Claus. It was oh. the Santa Claus kid, Bernard. Bernard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Drew McInfart <laughs> was a good one. That was a great one. It's uh, ridiculous. See, Twyquan says Pac-Man Jones and TNA is my worst. <laughs> NFL wouldn't let him wrestle, so TNA put him in a tag match uh, with R-Truth, gave him tag titles, but Truth had to work the whole match alone while Pac-Man Jones stayed on the apron. That's pretty fucking cool. I like yeah, that. I remember that. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And TV like, Poker. Like, Floyd Mayweather and Big Show, though, man. That was... That was awful. That's, you're right. That was the worst. Because Mayweather getting a knockout punch on Big Show has made me mad for decades. Well, it's because Big Show had the dumb knockout punch thing that I don't like with Lacey Evans. But it makes sense Big with Big Lacey. Show because he's 700 well, pounds. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. It makes sense for him. But it's yeah. still just a stupid wrestling move. And I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. Um, what about Tyson? It's an easy DX. one, two, three, though. That's all you got to do. Hit him one time. Tyson well, DX was slick, though. It's over, so. Yeah, because Tyson had a believable knockout punch on somebody. Because he could knock out. The idea that Tyson could punch Shawn Michaels in the face and knock him out was believable. The idea that May- Floyd Mayweather could punch as hard right. as he could on Big Show and knock him out was not right. believable. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Because Mike Tyson had that punch that you just thought, like, if he clicked the right person the right time, that he could knock anyone out. Oh, Has Mayweather ever beat someone by knockout? I don't know. I mean, well, he, well, he did, but that uh, yeah. ain't his mantra. That ain't his mantra. <laughs> 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 not what he lives by, for sure. Does, 
Pat McAfee still count as a celebrity? Yeah, I was impressed by him too. I mean, I got the pencil, so yeah. He'll he whatever you need him to be. I'm gonna go ahead and clear it. Even though I want to see him get his ass kicked now, cause it's like he, you know, what I mean, he, he won a match and now he's smelling his drawers and now he wanna he wanna uh, challenge everybody like, oh yeah, come get this ass with Okay, I he got his ass kicked going. by Vince McMahon. He lost right. to Vince McMahon. Exactly right. <laughs> but no, nah, seriously, man, I, I want to see Baron Corbin fuck him up. Come on, this, this is the Golden Glove dude, bro. All right, this is a Golden Glove boxer. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Fuck him up, bro. That's a good point. Humble, uh, humble you. Yeah, yeah. And we'll wrap up the show with this. Let's talk a little bit about McAfee and Corbin. They had their back and forth. They've had their moments. We are building McAfee, Corbin on SummerSlam. To me, it's two of my absolute favorites right now. As much as uh, Pat McAfee is regaled and as much as Corbin is, is absolutely hated, I still don't think those dudes quite get the recognition that they probably will get in their in the retirement years, I think people are going to talk about them for decades. Uh, I think guys like Corbin are the backbone of, of what this industry is. I think that Pat McAfee is the backbone of what the industry has become. Uh, to me, this is like a clash of two amazing things. You have a classic wrestler style versus a classic celebrity who can hold his own. This is awesome to me. I think it's so fucking cool. Uh, Taekwon also mentions that Cole whooped uh, McAfee's ass in NXT. Here's the weird part about that. No one remembers that Cole was in the match. I know a lot of people who talk about that match and talk about how cool it was that McAfee won. People I know who have seen the match, they said how great it was that McAfee beat Cole. You said that, and you watched it. McAfee was so impressive in that match that no one remembers that Adam Cole did anything or actually won the match. That's notable. Uh, TV Poker in the chat saying, that, uh, how's it been going? Glad to have you back. Best damn stream on Twitch. Thank you, man. Uh, you just say, uh, yeah, cheers to TP Poker. TP Poker! Uh, he does say, uh, Big Show's 500 pounds. Mayweather's 170 pounds. It's a lot to punch. And he says, uh, Mayweather has had many KO victories. KOs or TKOs? Look it up. Uh, but... Uh, any thoughts on the McAfee? <laughs> yeah, definitely it's definitely not his mantra at the end of the day. Uh, Shakes, we'll start with you. Any thoughts on Corbin McAfee building the SummerSlam? Yeah, man. No, I, I, like I said, I want like it. It's seeming like um, what he said. Uh, McAfee said, uh, you know, let me humble you, boy. I think mm-hmm. it's the other way around, man. Because I think you're smelling yourself, man. I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, you was impressive, and yeah, you got your one victory, and that's great. Now you think you're going to take on the world? Oh, nah, man. I want to see Brian Corbin fuck him up. And I mean fuck him up. And, and the thing about it is, it's what's so great is that Baron Corbin is not the type of wrestler that's going to give you no easy dub and just win, put you over. Like, yeah. Baron Corbin is the wrestler that is going to beat up your favorite wrestler. That's who Baron Corbin is. Yes. So I, I, I am so interested to see it, and I can't wait to see Baron Corbin beat Pat McAfee's ass and have McAfee finally humbled 
and say, okay, you you good at a, at being a wrestler, but you not a wrestler. Yes. It's the difference. No. Kev, thoughts, Corbin McAfee? Um, I mean, I I definitely get where Shakes is coming from. Like, you know, stay in your lane type of thing. Like, relax, do what you're good at. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm interested in it. And, I don't know, I think it's whenever you can get interested and look forward to a... I don't even want to say mid card match. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to kind of call it, but Spectacle. you know that says something. <laughs> An attraction match. Yeah. 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 I'm super excited for it. I'm into it. Uh, these two dudes are incredible at what they do. Long term storytelling. They were fucking roommates like 20 years ago. I think if we can give uh, AEW credit for having long-term storytelling when they just forgot to tell the story for six months and picked it back up, then we could definitely give WWE credit for storytelling uh, when they weren't involved to begin with anyways. Um, <laughs> but we can talk some shit on that tomorrow. Uh, I do have any, – anything else you guys wanted to say about anything going on? Um, I thought it was cool that Adesanya came out to The Undertaker's entrance yeah yeah and at the end of money in the bank um you know the end of it wasn't end of money in the bank um corbin came out and attacked pat mcafee and mcafee showed up at ufc with a neck brace on very all uh andy kaufman very cool and uh and yeah the undertaker thing happened i think that was because of of ceo stephanie mcmahon's doing i don't think anything to do with vince Yeah, I I do think it was funny that you have all those idiots on Twitter and stuff like that talking about money and bank was so bad that you know they all left to go to UFC instead. That was funny. You know, that was funny. I, I'm gonna say this one last thing, and it, it's it's kind of a cry me a river type of thing. Yeah. But I still I, it doesn't take away that I do like when, when I see it I still feel bad right yeah like the R truth thing man you know oh listen right like they they yeah. do so much with him and they let him go creatively and that's awesome and all that but it's like man R truth can really go in the ring yep. man like yes. he really yeah. can go and yes they it's insane don't show it like they like no I don't just, just just be a clown, and now he's Part, Uncle Sam. I mean, are we? <laughs> I mean, I agree because I remember, like, when I did see old R Truth, like his old matches, I was just like, "What the hell? Like, why aren't we seeing that?" Yeah. So part of me wonders if he actually wants to, like, just have fun and do whatever he wants because, like, I could kind of see that, you know, because he's had his time, he's had his. His mm-hmm. his titles, right? So maybe, like, is it possible he just wants to let all the other younger talent, like, have their moments and build them up and stuff and just have fun and still be there? That's true. He built up well, Gunther real good in this one. Go ahead. Oh, Kev, my I God. Hear from you. Wait, I, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. R-Truth? No, R-Truth came out dressed oh, up as Uncle Sam and Gunther came out and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't see that. 
Oh, okay. So did you watch Hulu? Oh, yeah. they cut it. Damn it. So, Super. yeah, R-Truth came out dressed up as Uncle Sam. He was doing kind of a comedy bit. Gunther came out, beat the shit out of him. It was USA versus Gunther. It was pretty funny. But here's what I'll say about it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, to me, like, with R-Truth, like, I, obviously I didn't see the segment, but if he was, like, making a mockery out of Uncle Sam and stuff like that and it being a comedy thing, then an American should have been out there kicking his ass. He wasn't. He wasn't making a mockery of Uncle <laughs> yeah, Sam. None. No, he was embracing <laughs> Uncle Sam, which was the best part. <laughs> I'm Uncle Sam, y'all, like, like yeah. Uncle Sam was like yeah. Santa Claus to somebody, man. Yeah, exactly. Which is funny because at the live event, um, they were uh, they're really hyping up USA. Like, yeah, America were, versus, yeah. It was America versus Gunther, basically. Yeah, it was incredible and, at the live event. Yeah, the live yeah. event, like, man, we're not, we weren't a huge crowd, but we were loud. And yeah. you heard nothing but USA chants. Like, yeah. it was pretty wild. It was fucking funny. Here's the other deal. Here's what I want to say, because I don't know how much time Shakes got left Sorry. here. But we, we're going to wrap up here shortly. Sorry. Uh, uh, if you ever are wondering the the mindset of our truth, because I, I agree with you, this dude could be main event next week, yep, and he would fit. You could put him in the main event of Super SummerSlam against Roman Reigns, and you go, "This is stupid; it makes no sense." But then once the match got going, you'd go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. This is our truth, right? Yeah. This is former NWA champion for a goddamn reason." Mm-hmm. Um. He does come off pretty clownish and jokey. If you watch the, I believe it was the Chronicle or 24-7 or uh, something like that about our truth he goes pretty far and deep about his story. If you just find interviews, if you go back and find uh, Sam Roberts interviewed our truth I think two different times, the way he appreciates where his spot is mm. and how much he appreciates what the company's done for him. And what the industry's done for him. He came out of prison mm. and found himself in wrestling because of, um, God, I want to see it was Bill Watts, but I know that that's fucking wrong. Um, it was somebody in the, in the southern side of, of wrestling got him into wrestling. Uh, because, because of like they shared a cell or some bullshit. It was fucking crazy. But <laughs> that dude appreciates so much of what wrestling's given to him that in his, Mind, so far as we've seen in the peak behind, uh, he's giving back in every way. Having this level of longevity, having this sense of purpose, being able to make Vince McMahon laugh so much that Vince just gives him 20 minutes to go out there and be goofy. Like, I don't think that, and I'm nobody, I don't think that our truth looks at that time as negative and I'm a clown for no reason. I get the impression that he looks at this as another opportunity to give back to the industry that's given him his life back. And I think there's – that's the impression I get when I watch him too is that he's able to entertain on a high level. He can make everyone laugh in that arena and not everyone can do that. I've been to stand-up comedy shows with 100 people or less in the audience and the guy on stage who's tasked with doing it can't do it. Our truth goes out there and he goes, What do you got? Ten thousand, a hundred thousand? I'll get him going. Like he knows what he can give and he's happy to do it. Yes, I want to see him in the main event because he can do it. 
but at the end of the day, 100% of the time, our truth is on TV. I love it because I think that he loves it in every way, and I think it comes across. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, sometimes I see him come out and I go, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because I remember him, you know, TNA, WCW, like, I'm trying to remember his other names. I remember his K Quick and yeah. stuff like K-Quick. that, but. Ron Kalins yeah, and, and, and TNA. Yeah. Dude, dude's awesome. Like, he's... He's amazing. Like you, said, you can put him in anywhere, and, like, he'll fit in. And, yeah. I mean, I... I it's like that he doesn't get yeah, the love that he should, but he just goes out there, does his job, and, you know, loves it. Yeah. He's beloved and still could be loved more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. It was Crockett. It was uh, Jack Crockett who got him into into wrestling. Good call on Kevlar sending me that. No, you could also just say it on the air, dude. You're you guys are talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, you can just say it. You can say, oh, I found it. That's the point. Found it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, find the special on Peacock. Find the Sam Roberts interview. And then suddenly find yourself more in love with, with our truth than you thought you could be. It's yeah. wild. It's wild how much you can. I remember when I watched that that documentary they did on him, and thinking like, "Oh, this will be cool." He has a very fascinating story. I've heard about it before, and watching it play out, I'm finding myself sitting there crying, <laughs> like, "Why is this hitting me so hard? I've never been to prison. Like, well, we didn't grow up the same way. Why do I feel like I know his struggle? I don't fucking. We're not the same. You know what I mean? Like, but he connects." That wide. That sympathy, man. That sympathy, and, and you can feel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've never been to prison either, but I can feel for that man. You know. Yeah. Um, if I was put in that situation, how would I, you know, what I mean, deal with it? Or how would I go through it? And to see that he made something of himself that yes. many other people would have went the other way. You know. Yeah. Dude, if you haven't seen it, check it out because there's the part where he goes back to his childhood home. Yeah. And there's a family in there and they just come out and they're like, oh shit, like, why is our truth here? I grew up in (laughs) your house. And then he just spends the day with them. Like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) you could have just kept walking, you know? Like, yeah, he's just an amazing human being on all fronts. And yeah. But, But I agree with you. One more title reign, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else about anything that you thought we missed, uh, Kev? I mean, just in general, we could just say flat out, Tucson show was incredible. I love the live events. If you guys haven't been to a WWE live event in your town, yeah. and it's not televised, just go. Yeah, and I said it, I've been saying it for a while. I honestly feel like they're they're doing more at live events um and not just like smackdowns not just the big events but like the live events that aren't televised i just feel like the talent seems to be really appreciative uh for instance when i think it was was it which show was it where um xavier went and ran out in the crowd during commercials yeah before like you know they came out during the commercial break or right before the commercial break uh woods and kofi come out to the ring then it gets their commercial, they're back in the ring. Well, that whole commercial <laughs> ring break, Xavier Woods jumped a barricade and started running around through the crowd. 
The security on the other side of the ring saw it and went, oh, shit, and ran and tried to, like, catch him. They were pissed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but he was... It was amazing. He was just showing all the fans in love, you know, and it's just like... Just like, on the fans. That's why when they came back, the fans were just like, that's our guy! Because, like, yeah, he's he was out here. It's well, amazing. Notice, he doesn't have a, a shirt on. Like, he came out with a shirt on, and then yes. did that, and he gave his shirt to somebody. Yeah. And then he was having trouble getting his vest back on, and Kofi helped him at the last second. Yeah. And then the, then he's just standing there with the mic. Yeah. Does his thing. It was great. It's amazing. It's amazing. Go to a live show. Go to all the wrestling live shows that you can. Yeah, I mean, Pat was, like, going up to all the folks in the crowd, like, yeah. you know, with what little time he had. And it was just like, yeah. these guys don't need to be doing this kind of stuff. Like, we've already paid. <laughs> we even heard from one of the stagehands. Somebody after the show said, hey, he was wearing a For the Brand sweater. He goes, hey. And he held out a marker. He goes, do you think you could run in the back and get Pat to sign this? And he goes, dude, at this point, Pat's already had his plane. But if you had asked me earlier, absolutely I could have. Pat loves that shit. So if you're in, like, the first two or three rows and you got Pat McAfee merch and a marker, hand it to a stagehand and ask if Pat will sign it because he fucking will. And I wish I'd known that before I went because I got seven fucking McAfee shirts back there and zero Roman Reigns shirts. You know what I mean? Like, I I fucking – McAfee's the dude. Oh, and then at the live event, like, MVP was hilarious. Oh, he, was he was like... telling off those kids. Yeah, well, at first, everyone was cheering for him because we love MVP. And he was like, all right, I appreciate you guys. But, and then he just went into all these, like... Yeah, I wish I could tell you how much I appreciate dicks. you chanting, but I have to be stuck in this stupid fucking town. I like how he said Arizona's uh, just oh. as dry as your women. I was like, what the... And everyone just went, whoa. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> god damn. <laughs> he went from thanks for cheering. Now let me do my job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get to work. Yeah, yeah like supposed I, to be a heel here, guys. Yeah, yeah. every it was fucking crazy. Yeah, everyone was great. Like, just I just feel like they're 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 doing a bit more at these live events, and they're really making it feel like you're going to you're going to a show. And shit, we forgot like what time it was at one point. I was like, damn, this show went by fast. Dude, SmackDown sucked in the idea that we were going to go to the concessions <laughs> and get some merch and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, me and Kev looked and we said, oh my God, the main event's coming out. We better run now before they close up altogether. Yeah. We ran up there. Concessions was closed and we went to the merch stand real quick and grabbed some stuff. He got that badass shirt he's wearing now. Got me a foam finger, which is in the car. I still haven't brought it in. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be fucking holding my bloodline. Dude, shakes, you'd love it. The bloodline... We the ones finger. Oh, I got one. Dude. Yeah, I got one, dude. Um, but yeah, yeah it was it That's was amazing because it flew by so fast that we said, "Oh shit, it's about to close. We better go get something." And so. also, just props to all the talent that had this craziest schedule this weekend. Like dude, insane. Dude, Phoenix, Vegas, Tucson, San Diego. Becky Lynch did all of those. If you watch the show, Becky went to Phoenix. Becky went to Vegas. Becky went to Tucson, and then she showed up in San Diego the next day. Let, uh, That's a hell of a lot of drive and not a lot of sleep. Also, props to Carmella. Carmella did the same fucking track. <laughs> I'm just saying a few of these people, yeah. if you look, they did the whole fucking road. Yeah, um, insane. Yeah, in fucking 
insane. Like, how are they awake and alert enough to be this good still? And taking <laughs> care of a baby on the side. Like, Becky's all like, I'll take care of a baby and travel the road. Like, fuck, it was insane. So props to them. That's uh, why uh, they get paid the big bucks. That's why they get paid the big bucks. Uh, I do want to give a, a quick shout out and a cheers to Charles Robinson. Uh, got to see him a little during the during the show. Uh, shares a birthday with me. I saw him after SmackDown, and he signed a jersey for me. So I have a ref shirt signed now by Tommy Young and Charles Robinson. Yeah. I'm hoping to get a couple more legends on there. Uh, so shout out and thanks to him, and a happy birthday to him as Woo! well. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we do last call and, and wrap it up? My birthday was Saturday, so happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Wait, Saturday oh, was... Yeah. Saturday was the second. Yeah, Chase, have the same birthday. we have the same birthday. <laughs> yeah. Chase, <laughs> and happy birthday happy to Happy birthday to Shakes, dude. Shakes, and Shakes, Marsh, Robinson, Bret Hart, and Scotty Too Hotty, dude. What a bunch of Crazy. legends on one birthday. Crazy. One day. It's a great day. Damn. And we just found out, uh, for one... Uh, 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 Robinson was signed with with WWE July second two thousand and one. Liv was signed in WWE July second two thousand fourteen. So I was actually eight years, not six. Uh, and she won the world title and Money in the Bank July second two thousand twenty two. July second is a good day to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> you get Robinson, Bret Hart, Scotty Tuhati, Liv Morgan, Shakes. And Ref Marsh. Like, that's not bad at all. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Shakes. I didn't know you we shared the same birthday, but now happy that birthday. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. We'll party next week. <laughs> next year, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to do something big next year for sure. Uh, especially, you're in Baltimore, yeah? Next year, my birthday, we're going to be in, like, Chicago. So Ish we'll area. be close. Hopefully, yeah. So we're gonna have to make something happen. I got, I got, well, I got, I got family in Maryland. Is Baltimore in Maryland? My God, really? Is Baltimore in Maryland? <laughs> yes. Anybody know that? Does anybody know if it's in Maryland or not? Okay. All what, right. So what city now is your just... family in? All right. Stop. What's the city? I'm not. You don't know. You're you're being Un, dumb right I now. I don't know. We don't know which city her family lives in in Bal- in Maryland, but they're out there. So we'll go visit her family. I'll visit Shakes. Okay. You're gonna leave me again. I'm definitely leaving her with her family. <laughs> I am not about to spend extra time with her family. I mean, yeah, my family's pretty crazy. Kev, right. any final thoughts? Anything that you we didn't hit that you wanted to hit on? No. Kev, thank you so much for coming through and hanging out and having a drink with us. Shakes, anything we missed that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Covered it all. I think you're great, and I think that uh, tomorrow night, you, me, Amanda Jane, maybe Clump. If I had to venture a guess, I would say no Clump, based off of a message I have from him today. Okay. So you, me, Amanda, we're going to probably be talking a little NXT, a little AEW. We're going to get into the weeds of things, blood and guts. What was the other one? Forbidden Door. Um, we'll see what's going on, man. We're going to have a drink yeah. right here in the dive bar of the IWC. Guys, thank you for coming through and having a drink. We'll be back tomorrow night for a brand new episode one. Cheers. Guys, that's the last call.
Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with less than on the rocks.